United Lutheran Seminary presents the Seminary Explores podcast, conversations on faith, art, people, politics, theology, life, and more, with voices from around the corner and around the globe. Good day. Welcome to the Seminary Explores. My name is Nelson Strobert, and my guest today is uh, Dr. Charles Leonard, who is Professor of Practical Theology at the United Lutheran Seminary uh, on Gettysburg and Philadelphia campuses. He's also Dean of Worship uh, there and is also Pastor at St. Mark's Lutheran Church in Philadelphia. Welcome to the Seminary Explorers. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Strober. Yeah, this is our annual, uh, our annual uh, uh conversation on the top stories in religion for the year, past year. And so I would like to ask you, what is your first top story in religion for 2020? Well, I had a number, a number of them, but I would say that a, a top story for me uh, would be uh, how, how do we hold the church together, a church or a congregation together in the midst of the pandemic? Um, I know this is probably wasn't the original thing I was going to come up with at first, but that has affected me, I think, the most. And I had to struggle. It's uh, realizing that not being remote, not being uh, in person, people felt disconnected. So I had to listen to other pastors and ask around, how do they, what are they doing and so forth. And one of the things that I think uh, people realize is that we had to do more than just uh, uh, recording from home. That there's more people needed more. They needed a lot more from us. Right. And what I did was I realized that uh, we needed to, uh, I needed to have, a, like I instituted a midday, midday prayer, devotional time. Okay. And many people come on to that. And I realized after a while just how important that was to connect the people like each day they on Monday through Saturday at noontime. So we have a script of prayer and scripture and then they're talking to each other actually before and, and after. You know, but then we have prayer. They offer up uh, petitions for prayer and they uh, they offer petitions for different people, not only in the congregation, but in their families and people in their communities and people that they're concerned about and, and situations that they're concerned about. And what we had to do was work with them as far as getting them, uh, getting some people, giving them hope and letting them know that, hey, we all are struggling, uh, some people by themselves, but just to be able to talk to each other on, on the phone or on Zoom, uh, that that was so important to them to provide hope for the congregation to hold it together. Okay. And I'm seeing that many, <laughs> churches are struggling just to get that piece together, connectivity. Right. But um, I, I want to ask you, how did you orient uh, the congregation uh, to accept this new way of being together? It, it wasn't it wasn't easy, Nelson. It wasn't easy. It was uh, the people were like in disarray because we had to do this overnight and they didn't know what to do. And I guess for myself, you know, I had, uh, after worshiping, leading worship for so many years, I realized, hey, I'm going to have to do something with worship on Sunday morning. <laughs> that, right. that, first, that first Sunday, we were shut down. That first week on that Sunday, I think it was on Friday the 13th, people say that's when things are and where we were all shut down. And right. uh, I realized 
I have to have something in church. And I asked, uh, I had to pray on it and asked uh, someone, I said, listen, can we just put this on, uh, put this on Facebook and do something? And it wasn't easy, but we had to just pull it together that, that particular day. And the people said, we're, miss we're missing communion. That part we commissioned, we were missing because they would do communion every, every Sunday, every service, even midweek was communion. It right. said, well, something is missing. But, uh, but they, that first week, it gave them some hope that first week, but I just had a struggle on it. And people said, Pastor, keep doing what you're doing. We need this. We need something to hold us together or we're not going to make it. Okay. Okay. But um, now, was there any opposition uh, to you? There was no opposition. There was no opposition. No, I think uh, no opposition. And we just started doing communion. We started doing communion uh, uh, that way, you know, what we did. And then I realized that, okay, they're asking for a communion. And I know the uh, what we had to do was uh, the bishop, bishop, our bishop has said to us, well, look, you do what you need to do as uh, shepherds of the congregations. That I don't have a congregation, that, and I, I wouldn't do it the way that some of you are doing it, but each pastor, do what you need to do for your sake of your congregation. And our people and our council, the council had, we had our council meeting, which we put that on Zoom. We had to go tech with that too. And they said, well, no, we need to have communion, Pastor. We need that. So then what I did was with that, because they had spoken to a number of folk within the congregation. They said, no, we need to have the service online. We need the communion. And uh, so what I what I did at that point was after praying on it, I looked and realized that something that I had detested for, for years, those little cups with the, with, the, with the host on it, <laughs> one little packet, I said, no, I don't want to use that. But then I had to use it, being we were remote. I said, I'm going to have to use this. And what I would do is I would consecrate it and then uh, consecrate it and then have the deacons take it out, deliver it to people in the, in the congregation. Okay, that's so, how we. That's okay, so uh, would uh, Holy Communion then be your second top story in religion? Yes. Uh, okay. That could be. And that's a story that communion is a, is a story because that's uh, that's something that I think the church is going to have to the church at large, the bishops and so forth are going to have to uh, tackle with a conversation with because uh, a number of folk are anti virtual communion because that's what it is. Virtual communion. Right. Number folk are anti no, but then there are those who uh, a number of folk were saying. There's no other way. We have to go virtual. And uh, the number of, uh, they said, well, how do you do this with a congregation? The congregation is supposed to be together as a family when they do communion. Is right. what some people feel. That's the that's unity. We have unity in, 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 uh, in, in the communion. But as a community of faith, a local congregation, we normally are together. But we can't be together because of the pandemic. Right. So, uh, so we, we felt we need to go virtual, but we know that's not where our bishops are. Our bishops are a little uneasy about that going in virtual. And right. I think what was suggested is that we fast, that have the whole church going a fast until such time the church can come together back in person again. So we would we would fast from communion until then. And when we do come back, it could be a very uh, big celebration, you know, of uh, a big. Uh, uh, a feast, and the Holy Supper. Uh, could uh, um, now I had never heard. Uh, 
I know that we, we've used deacons to uh, distribute uh, the weekly Eucharist to our shut-ins. Um, and uh, you're the first one I've interviewed or, or talked with who used that same method to distribute to the congregation. Yes, to our deacons, because it's uh, going through the congregation, delivering, trying to deliver all that. And that's what they've done. They delivered it. And I, 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 I got that, uh, that, that thought and idea from uh, worshiping. And I had a visit of a Baptist church and uh, I worshiped. I worshiped in a Presbyterian church and I saw the way they did communion. Right. They had to use those um, some of those use those little those little kits with the, the, the juice and, and the wafer on top and they blessed it at the table and then they had the they had the deacons come forth and take it out into the into the sanctuary and distribute it amongst the people. And right. I said, Well, okay. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna do the same thing. We'll consecrate ours at the altar and then have the deacons take it out to the remote congregation. You know, we're not in this, not in the sanctuary, but they're they're remote. So we that's a little that's a little uh, twist in it. But they're taking it out and distributing it to. Now, do they do that on Sunday morning after the liturgy or during the week? How does that work? It's during the week. And what I've done is I consecrated enough. I consecrate enough that I give them enough for a month or so a month, four or five weeks, and then we have to take it back, consecrate more and take it out again. Now, the other piece to this is that we have people from around the country that are joining in with us. Okay. And we have people from overseas that are joining in with us. So oh. what we do then is have them uh, get some some bread or some crackers where they are. We let them know that at the beginning of the service that they need to do that and then get some, some wine or, or some juice. And we tell them, I tell them you just just get enough. You don't need a lot, just enough. But you need to consume all all of what you bring. Consume it, you know, while we uh, when we when we uh, distribute communion, when we have the communion come come up that you distribute. When I do the words of institution, so when they have that next to their computer or next to their phone, and then this is what they do, you know. And I when I hold up the uh, the cup and I bless it and I bless the uh, the host and so forth, and then I say, well, take now. We we're going to uh, take and eat, and everybody will take and eat as they, as they take, as they eat. I said, the body of Christ, broken or given for you. And then we go to the cup, and they said, now let's take uh, take the cup that the blood, the blood of Christ shed for you, and take and drink. So then everyone will take and drink at the same time. Okay. So it's, it's seen the work, but that's what we do as virtual. So we do everything we do on in person. Just that the the people are not there, right? Okay, that's interesting. Very, yeah, and um, I thank you for sharing that that method of distribution. Uh, uh, in our conversation um, uh, prior to go, uh, coming online, um, you uh, your third um, top story would be the lasting effect of uh, of worship and church life after the. After we get control of the um, uh, pandemic, the pandemic, could you share some more about that? I, 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 I I'm, that's going through my mind, and I'm thinking of how we're going to, how we're going to come back. Uh, coming back, I know that we have, a, we have some issues. One issue is that uh, 
and that's being uh, uh, shared around the country, it affects the church, is that not everybody wants to take or trust taking the vaccine. Now, I've said to my people, we can't come back together and left if we don't take the vaccine. I know every people are afraid and people are scared. And I can imagine that some of the older people, because if they ever had a problem, if they took, uh, if they had taken the flu shot and ever gotten sick, some are afraid. Yes. They said, like me, I got over the flu, but with this uh, virus, I may, I'm, I may not get over it. I might, if I get sick and have a reaction, I might go on a respirator and I'm going to die. And that's what they're afraid of. Right. So that's what back. I think uh, some of those who will be will be uh, inoculated. They will, they will, they will, they will come back. But I don't think people are going to come every Sunday like they were before, because now that they're more used to being at home and used to, uh, I guess, uh, listening to church in their pajamas, feeling present in their pajamas, the lying in bed, and so forth, that they really don't have to get the children out. So that's going to be one of the things we have to, we're going to struggle with coming back. I think another thing coming back is. Uh, is Sunday school. That's another thing. Because it's been a very, very, very trying time trying to keep the young people engaged and then the young the, the Sunday school. And part of it is that with now with them on Zoom, they're on Zoom for the most part, most of them who are learning remotely, they're all week on Zoom, Monday yeah. through Friday. Yeah. And now you're telling them on Sunday that we need them to come on come on to Zoom. It seems to work for some congregations, but with many of them, the children have had such a difficult time just trying to make this adjustment moving right. from in class, in person, in class to Zoom. And you see that by the end of the day, they're exhausted. Many of them are exhausted. Then trying to get them to come on board, and that we need the parents at that point to help us if we're gonna if we're gonna make that piece happen. But I just don't I don't think that the, the kids I think will be as uh, we're gonna to have to really make really make a lot of effort to really engage them and pull them back into back into the fold as we return. So those are some of the things that I see happening. Okay. I think meetings meetings are not gonna be the same. Uh, they're not. Some meetings, some meetings are gonna be they're gonna be uh, uh, by way of a remote by way of Zoom. That's gonna happen. So that's some of the stuff that we're gonna to have to get used to. Okay. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I think so. I, I think particularly like committee meetings that uh, when people go out in the winter time during the snow, you don't have to do that anymore uh, because right. people are you used to do it. Anyway. Um, how have and how have you how have you as pastor um, uh, how have you as as pastor um, helped to um, orient the school teachers to um, uh, to teaching uh, on Sunday morning, or or had or, or was that suspended for you? That that was suspended because part of it is some of the teachers are not uh, are not that uh, astute with the technology. Some right. of them are not, and uh, so that makes for a problem. And then we had to figure out, you know, the curriculum that we would use. We looked at uh, curriculum from the Lutheran Church. Uh, looked at uh, at one of those from uh, for media, fifteen uh, sixteen. We looked at that Sparkhouse, right. and it seems good. It's it's good, and I think it 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 works. But I think it's having the teachers to do it. 
and then trying to see a, a good time that we would we would have it. And some churches are doing it right after the right after they uh, do the morning worship, right after yeah. they do that. Then they they so then the parents have to tell the kids now, now you have to stay on because you have Sunday school. That's a challenge. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm sure. I am sure. That's, that's a big challenge. Um, it's going to uh, be something. Exactly. Uh, the other the other uh, uh, issue that you uh, mentioned was that people are used to being very relaxed on Sunday morning in front of their computers or iPads or on the telephone. Um, right. Uh, do you think uh, in your return, um, in, in the return of people to the congregation, to the building, do you think that we're coming into a time of simultaneous worship? That is, some will be in place, you know, in the sanctuary, and then others uh, will remain uh, online so that uh, you're conducting the service, the liturgy, but you'll have like two Two different modes of of, of existing on Sunday. Yes, yes. I think you, Nelson. That's that's uh, that's very well. I think very much so. What reality? What will happen? I think most churches, when we when we gather pastors and pastors begin to talk, and people around around the church, even some of the lay people, is people are saying we're not going back to what it was before the pandemic. We're not going back to it. So we might as well realize that it's a new it's a new reality that we're going into. And exactly what you just described, it's gonna be two. There's gonna be two modes that we have to work with. Right. So I think churches will have to be online while at the same time in person. And the, the mega churches have been doing this, you know, many of them, not all, but many of them have been doing this for years. Okay. You know, but now the, uh, the the smaller churches, medium-sized churches, family-sized churches, they're going to have to, we're going to have to do the same thing. We're going to have to have online, you know, and at the same time uh, have people in person. Right. Uh, the other uh, uh, issue uh, I, that comes to mind, again, going back to education and Sunday school, is uh, the, the need to orient or recruit teachers who would be adaptable to using technology. Yes. Yes. Uh, That's going to be a challenge. Yeah. I think when you look at some of the urban churches, they don't, we don't have, we don't have a lot of folk who are, who are, uh, who are, who can handle that piece. Right. Or teachers we don't have that many. But so we have to really train, we're going to have to train people, some folk, and really get the equipment for them that they can take part in in teaching and teaching the children. And then we have another thing we have to do is we have to go after the uh, go after the, the go after the the parents because we need uh, their support yeah. in making this happen. We got to have parental support to make it happen, or it's just we're not going to go anywhere if we, we don't have the parents behind it. So we need the teachers. The teachers have to be trained. Know, in this new mode, and then we have to have uh, we have to have the parent parental support, and then we have to be able, I think, as pastors, to really uh, oversee and help facilitate this whole thing to make it happen. If we have a superintendent who's good, you know, the new superintendent can can handle all that. But in many of our churches, the Sunday school superintendent is probably not there, so right. it means that the pastor is going to have to take more more responsibility in facilitating 
of the Christian education program. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but you know what I found? Yes. I found something in, in dealing with this. I found that uh, online with our weekday Bible study, I'm, I'm reaching uh, I'm reaching more people and people that couldn't get there before. Some of those folk are coming to Bible study online. You oh, really? and I said, well, that's that's interesting <laughs> that they're coming because that's that's the same we're getting in worship. You know, and I'm reaching uh, most pastors are saying we're reaching many more people, many more people online than we do in person. You know, that's really interesting. <laughs> yes, we're more online. Like I would get maybe maybe ninety between ninety maybe a hundred seventy let's say seventy five ninety a hundred was because we were we were moving towards that place where we were moving towards a hundred a week and wow. of course that just blown away with the pandemic but now we were uh, usually on a, I haven't looked at it this week but we've been we've been averaging about uh, attendance about a uh, hundred eighty hundred fifty. You know, wow. uh, two hundred sometime is what we what we've been getting. So oh. we're well over, and that's just one. That's just that's just a family that's watching. So we don't know how many people in that in that particular household that's watching. Um, the other uh, the other issue uh, you had mentioned uh, uh, before we went on air, and that is fellowship. And could you explain what you meant by fellowship as one of the issues? Well. It's, it's it's difficult when people trying to uh, trying to engage people that people can actually engage socially with each other from a distance. Right. <clears throat> now, some what some churches, a number of churches are doing. Apparently, they said it seems seemingly it works. You know, is that they have a time after the after the uh, the uh, recording of the service on uh, on the broadcasting of the service on Sunday morning. That then they have a time where the congregation, people in the congregation, just come together online. They have may have their coffee, you know, when they they maybe they're Danish, whatever, and then they just able to talk to each other right. and talk about what's happening. And there's a conversation that that goes on. So when that uh, they seem to feel good about that because they can ask questions about what's happening at the church, and then they talking to each other about what each other is going through as they uh, deal with this pandemic. So that's a way of keeping them connected also. So that's a way of fellowship. We do that on uh, each day when we have the midday devotion. Uh, okay. There's a time we're coming on in the beginning, people talking to each other. They, they, they call each other's names. They ask how this one is doing, how the family, if this one is uh, struggling with cancer or whatever, you know, they, they get that information and that keeps them connected. And that's a good part about it. So when we do this, when we come back together again, again, we may have to do both, you know, do that online and also have have something in person at the end of service. And then what what bothers me is that I don't think we're going to be back. To, we're not going to be back fully together as we were pre-pandemic. Uh, some of our people will will be able to come back. We'll come back and some will just say, I'm just going to do this from home. Right. I, I wonder if um, there have been more in-depth conversations uh, online uh, as people, uh, as you say, uh, talk to each other uh, or catch up on things. I wonder if uh, the, within the congregation there's been a lot more uh, or deeper conversation than they would have 
uh, just going to the coffee hour. Or, I think so. I, I I think you're right. I think so because then you because people because they're uh, because they're uh, sequestered. You know, so many of them, especially the older ones, like some of their family has said, you don't go out the house. Don't let anybody in and nobody comes out. That means you, mom, you dad, do not go out the house. Right. I don't want you to get sick with this virus. And so then that's that's what's happening. So they're, they're able to uh, put more time in on when they do talk to each other. They think things through. And uh, and they really able to ask ask questions to each other, but also to share how this pandemic has really affected them emotionally and so forth. Oh. But then ask questions about the church. They want to know about the church. Mm-hmm. They, all, they all want to know about the church. Want to know how things are going at the church. They want to know uh, know how many uh, how many people may people have had the virus. They want to know that. But then they want to know question: When are we getting back to church? Now, how are we going to get back into the church? That's one of the questions that, that's asked constantly. How are we going to get back in? Indeed, which is the yeah. And as we come, uh, as uh, we begin a new year, uh, uh, that that is a, a major question uh, for uh, for the church as well as other agencies and businesses. I I can't believe I'm start back up. our our time is uh, is running out and. Uh, uh, I, I want to thank you for sharing uh, what what turns out to be uh, looking at 2020 uh, in in face of uh, the coronavirus and uh, helping us to think and look and uh, uh, see what uh, see what's ahead for us. I want to thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. No, so we just have to continue in prayer and ask God to lead us and to guide us in this. Reveal to us what we need to do. Exactly. As we venture into 2021, my guest guest today has been uh, Dr. Charles Leonard, who is professor of practical theology at the United Lutheran Seminary, uh, who is also dean of worship and is pastor at St. Mark's Lutheran Church in Philadelphia. For the Seminary Explorers, this is Nelson Strobert. Have a good day. You have been listening to The Seminary Explorers, a production of United Lutheran Seminary with campuses in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania and Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. We invite you to visit our website at unitedlutheranseminary.edu. Opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of United Lutheran Seminary or the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America.